It was freezing cold in Dallas when I made my getaway. I outran a cold front when I gave my truck the reins. Barreling down I 35 with one thought on my mind. Forget the race, find an open space, be that city. Hey there, howdy. Get a lot of questions from you guys. Uh, who is that? That's Max Stallings, I-35. That's who opens us up. Cannot promise you that that is going to be our opener much longer here on other side of Texas. Got our own custom theme song, just growing and blowing. And we're doing that because of folks like you who listen to the program and enjoy it, it. Freezing cold in Dallas just to give you another take on it yeah um <laughs> that won't be uh I, I don't anticipate it being the theme song much longer but i know folks listen throughout the state and they're like hey he mentions my town and that song and and that's great i'm your host jay west texas leeson rolling along here on the other side, broadcasting from the Racer Car Wash Studios. Racer Car Wash voted Lubbock's best wash for five years running. Stop into one of five convenient locations across the Hub City for the best wash around, guaranteed, racerwash.com. Speaking of five locations, start this one out. I've been telling you I was going to track down this HEB thing and uh, finally got some time to do it and ladies and gentlemen if you're listening in lubbock or the surrounding area i can tell you that i'm told that it is very likely that in the next 18 months you could see not one not two not three not four likely five between four and five new heb locations across lubbock they are not coming in timidly they're coming in hard they're coming in hard and fast uh heb into lubbock which i completely welcome and you know i just tweeted that out on my twitter and folks are like well we hear that every year um you may hear that every year but i think this is a different year and heb's not just going to come in like a lamb it's going to come in like a lion and build these stores and a one and i need to give a, a local group lubbock in the loop i question whether or not that report was accurate but i can now confirm you know i'm telling you four or five they've said that uh they're going to build at the south plains mall <clears throat> don't get me started on south plains but they're going to open at the south plains mall and i can tell you that they're going to open at some other locations as well which i i welcome and i know that people have got their preferences for united supermarkets but United sold out to Albertsons, and folks are beginning to see subtle differences in their Uniteds to Albertsons. I don't have anything against United, but a corporate chain versus HEB, a uh, Texas brand, okay. 
you know, now that I think about it, this is a big deal for some West Texans, especially uh, north of I-20, west of I-35, Max Stallings, I-35. I went into a Stripes convenience store at in La Mesa today. Two ladies washing the Laredo whatever taco bar thing, like Diabetes R Us back there, who I think are store employees, but they're out to lunch. They're back there doing that thing. And then there are two two ladies off to the side and one is training the other on how to use the computer and in the meantime there is one register open now i have a microphone i'm going to use it for just a second let me uh let me riff on this there is one register open and and then another employee training another on a computer and and the line has to be I'm going to say, I'm just counting in my head, 12 people deep. Like, take take a playbook from Allsup's. Stop what you're doing with the chimichangas. And dare I say, stop what you're doing with the famous refried bean Allsup's burritos. And just come in and help the customers who are in front of you. Like, there's restocking the chips they're restocking everything they're doing everything but helping the customers and training this lady on the computer stripes convenience store assumes that there's always going to be a stripes convenience store which if i can if i'm able in all this to set up if we're going to go big time metropolitan and that's what we're going to talk about today on the show with lubbock councilman jeff griffith and with Lubbock Councilman Steve Massengill, if we're going to go above and beyond in a progressive sense in the city and a progressive in so far as how far we've come, not in political philosophy, but I welcome not just HEB, but Quick Trip needs to come in and annihilate Stripes, like right now. Stripes is a is a dumpster fire and I'm all for, and there, you know, you don't have a lot of options, like, point me to the mom and pops, like, I think that there are probably still, like, mom and pops, maybe, like, liquor stores, but not uh, on the convenience store level, Stripes, and I've gotten heat about this, because Stripes, like, oh, there are 12 people in line, but we've got to, we've got to uh, tend to our stocking of the moon pies or whatever it might be and it's a losing model stripes to me and that takes me to another place hold on just a second i love the lubbock avalanche journal and i've got great relationships with reporters at the and editors at the lubbock avalanche journal but let me just say this Whenever Four Price steps down from the speaker's race and the lead on that story is not from the Amarillo Globe News or not from the Lubbock Avalanche Journal, both are owned by Gatehouse Media, which is known to come in, buy up publications, and then completely dwindle them down and leach out all the profitability and then sell it off. 
but whenever four price steps down and then from the speaker's race and if just go and listen to a couple of episodes i mean at least the last five episodes here on on if you're listening on the podcast whenever the lead is from the text tribune which i like and i read actively every monday wednesday and friday i read ross ramsey on the text tribune but whenever the sourcing of that news like we're the only media source in the caprock panhandle that brought you for price you didn't hear anything from anybody else that's a problem and i don't know where the lubbock avalanche journal was heading but it's certainly not up and i don't say that disparagingly towards anybody who works in the lubbock avalanche journal i got a lot of kudos for what we did on regent gate but i only went after regent gate like i did because the lubbock avalanche journal ought to have three more dough trays on staff they should have just stomped that in my face they should have stomped that in my face and then put my teeth on the curb and stepped on the back of my head and they didn't and they can't because their ownership group won't put it in uh won't put in the money that that they need to in order to cover those things so we're in a brave new world on the media front and that is absolutely a story i intend on following up on other side of texas.com because that's not that doesn't serve the public good that's not uh watchdog journalism that's not anything of the sort and I'm not quite sure how I went from H-E-B to Stripes to the Lubbock Avalanche Journal, other than this is a Friday episode of the program, and I'm just whirling on, riffing on, raving on. But the, look, it's not, it's not sour grapes. Um, the Lubbock Avalanche Journal, I thought I was going to run for office. I pulled back because I thought I could build this platform, and that's fine. They said, look, you gotta, we got to hold off on you because we don't know what's going on. This was in late 2017, and then they were bought out, and things didn't, they wanted me to write, and I said, okay, so how much are you going to pay me? They said zero, that I was just essentially going to be a contributor, and, and guys, listen, I can write for a lot of different publications. Uh, statewide publications and i'm not i'm not being braggadocious here but i can and you'll see that in the next week or two but i just don't have time to write all the time uh good journalism is not free and it's it's hard for me to find time to sit down and write on the things that need to be written on but and that's why you get all the syndications that you do in the lubbock avalanche journal uh, in the columns you don't you don't see a lot of local stuff every once in a while there might be an editorial but you don't get local content you don't get what you hear on this program and i'm not going to write that stuff for free it, so it's not sour grapes um i got plenty of opportunities outside the lubbock avalanche journal but I do think that that is something worth watching what happens with the Lubbock Avalanche Journal and how much further it goes to be to be plain with you and the same for stripes which I can't say without gritting my teeth and I think that there's a reason why HEB 
is uh, having its time come due. Again, up to four locations in Lubbock within the next 18 months. I love how my voice cracks there, like I'm 13 years old. I'm a grown man. I'm almost 40. Uh, speaking of progress, we're going to have some progress coming up. Our friends Steve Massengale and Jeff Griffith, both city councilmen on the Lubbock City Council, going to jump in with us here. We will H- we will ask them the HEB question. I'm completely expecting a no comment. And uh, we'll get in with that here in just a minute. See you right back here about 90 seconds from now on your other side. On a Friday, maybe a news dump Friday, we'll see what we come across here. We have Councilmen Jeff Griffith and Steve Massengill in studio with us. Going to go over some Lubbock stuff. Uh, and if uh, if you're listening outside of Lubbock, just just stay tuned. I think it was. Let's start with folks, uh, councilmen, listening outside of Lubbock. This is where I want to begin. You got a new Civic Center hotel in the works, Buddy Holly Center, in the works. Mm-hmm. There's a new glass building. I. I guess because you want government transparency, it's it's a glass covered <laughs> building yeah, that's a good downtown. Way to put it. Uh, I love it in underlying county, Lubbock County Expo Center. I don't know. I'm not a Lubbock old timer. Grew up in that Hale County, but Lubbock seems to be moving in a place and at a speed at which it's not moved before. And it's remarkable to me that. I would just say it this way. With the things that you guys have going, if this stuff was going six years ago at this time, there might have been effigies burned of you <laughs> because because of the sort of progress that's being made. Let's I mean we can go through these step by step, but first of all, I'll go with you first, Massengill, Steve Massengill, Lubbock City Council. What do you attribute to all of this stuff happening all at one time? Well, first, just let me add to your list before we, we, we answer your question. The South Plains College Academic Center also coming to downtown Lubbock. I'll remind your listeners that that will uh, be in the existing city hall. Um, how many students, Councilman? About 2,000? Uh, possibly 2,000 yeah. students, yes. Uh, downtown we're the largest city in Texas without a downtown community college presence. And um, the efforts there will certainly contribute to downtown revitalization, but it complements um, Texas Tech. It, it's actually synergistic for both those entities. So it's just another project coming to downtown. You also add to that list the Valencia Group Hotel that is just west of uh, Wells Fargo. I believe they're supposed to break ground any this, this any, month. any day. Yeah. So you're correct. There's a lot of things going on downtown. What do you attribute that to? Um, you know, our economy is really good right now. Um, there seems to be a lot of things that fallen have, have fallen into place. There's been con, you know there's been substantial effort when you most of these projects are are downtown, with the exception of the Expo Center that you mentioned. 
you know, these things didn't start within the tw the last 24 months, but a lot of those, a lot of them are coming to fruition now. So you're seeing a lot of, of uh, projects downtown. Uh, Jay, we're glad to be City here. City Councilman Jeff Griffith. Thank you. We are glad to be here. The uh, To add to what Councilman Massingale is saying, um, the, probably the Expo Center, which he, again is kind of a private and county uh, initiative, came out of the fact, I think, that we uh, brought to the voters of the city the return of the old Coliseum Auditorium property back into Texas Tech University hands. And so that kind of, I think, sped up that particular project. The uh, Buddy Holly Hall, of course, uh, to, to your point, Steve, that's been planned for many years. But we are blessed with an excellent economy. Uh, I wish that, uh, Jay, we could sit here and take all the credit for all these what we think are magnificent advancements in Lubbock, Texas. But, uh, you know, we're blessed. We are blessed to live in Lubbock. And uh, there's forward-thinking business community here uh, I, that uh, I applaud that uh, people aren't scared. They're not scared of life. And uh, they know they want to they improve their city. And so it's, it's to me, a very community-wide effort. You know, Lubbock has never – Lubbock's economy has been – really really good at being really really stable you know our friends to the south of us the Permian Basin they're really good at, at, at rapid growth and they're really good at they can be depressed at times and the way Lubbock's economy is 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 diversified through agriculture um, our medical base our education base um, we're fortunate to have the manufacturing we do have here and then the foundation of small business that is in, in Lubbock has just given us that stability that we don't suffer from the highs and the highs and the lows of the lows. We've grown to the point that that marginal 2 to 3% growth, the volume is substantial as we grow each year now. And so, you know, we're probably not unique in that regard. There's probably a lot of downtowns and things that have, have revitalized or you're seeing activity on from other communities our size but it's just a good time for us but that's an argument i make a lot of times on the program councilman is that lubbock's three legs and people get upset about this but it's just the economic truth the three legs of lubbock's economy is agriculture it is medical and the medical industry and the great medical district that we have. Mm -hmm. And it is education, public and higher education. And what a great way to, to base your economy that those, those things are going to come, unless there's some upheaval at the federal level that throws everything off, that's guaranteed year to year. So why would you not issue, not that you have issued bonds, but why would you not? It's a smart bet. And why would you not say, so let's get in with the hotel, okay? So people raising questions about, and I've read these issues, I understand them, the Civic Center Hotel based on hot taxes. Some people saying, wait, 
we're going to do a hot tax on the hotel and the expo center? Whoa, 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 whoa. How can yeah, we let, get let, that done? Let's clarify that. They're not done the same way, first of all. You know, they, we've had an election to, the county had an election recently to increase the hotel motel tax to fund their project. To keep, up to 2%. Keep in mind that the convention center hotel is um, an opportunity that's been brought by st state uh, legislative action in Austin. And that's the ability to recapture the, the hotel motel tax that the state's portion that would go to Austin, they would send it back mm -hmm. that's specific to that project that would have been collected in that hotel back to pay for the public side of that project. The rest of that project is, is, is private money. Yeah, and that goes to our friend in Denton County. Um, help me with this, because I get them confused. It was Stuckey, Lynn Stuckey, who put up the bill last session. Oh, oh. maybe may. I'm not. I'm not aware. And everybody wrote on the coattails yeah. with Lynn Stuckey, state representative out of uh, Denton. Excuse me. There, there's several communities in Texas that have. Um, are in the same process and have already built their convention center hotels based on this same legislation. Yeah. So, uh, but that's important for people to hear is that, whoa, whoa, I voted for the Expo Center and now they're building this convention center hotel. This isn't going to come back to property taxpayers. That's correct. No property tax will, will be used to pay for that public the public part of that hotel what pays for that the public part of that hotel is what the state would normally get they're going to send it back to us so essentially money that would have been sent to austin that's yes. correct not yes. being sent to austin correct and that's what's going to help specific pay for to that, that project hotel. yeah okay that really uh is the reason we're able to look at this obviously yesterday we checked the the first box which was really lining up who the developer and operators are. Uh, this We have not done any financial other than uh, the estimate of what this facility would cost, but this does not put anything into play yet. We're very early, and uh, the listeners need to understand that. It, I mean, there's a good, very good chance this can happen. There's a very good chance it might not happen uh, depending on this this is a slow process uh, slower than the Expo Center yeah um, tell you what guys let's take a break and whenever we come back in let's get into uh, some sexy talk and talk about HEB to the extent that you're able uh, both of their faces just turned really red. We're going to get in with that coming up right here after the break. On this long stretch of Interstate 10, I've got all of Louisiana. There's always a teller where I've been. I'd like to kill that dirty dealer. In studio, Lubbock City Councilman Jeff Griffith and Lubbock City Councilman Steve Massingale, what I tweeted out before the program, sources say at least four, and I capitalized four, F-O-U-R, 
and then in parentheses exclamation marks at least four HEB locations coming to Lubbock one of which at least four one of which at the South Plains Mall what say you uh, the South Plains Mall is in my district Mr. Massingale's district is right across the street from it so obviously we're uh, South Plains Mall has been a huge part of Lubbock and we do have great conversations with the administration of South Plains Mall I don't think that anything has been done with HEB uh, and uh, to this point I, I think we'd know but uh, I do not believe anything has been done nothing been done right okay nothing at all no documents have been signed I uh, don't know that uh, do you those, know there could any, be ongoing there could be ongoing there discussions could be. could be are you saying that there's not been or there could I'd, be no comment okay Massengill your turn I don't know that I can add very much to that um, you know I'm a free market guy we welcome all new businesses here but I think ultimately uh, the South Plains Mall is your best source for that if that is in case something that's on their radar um they, um, you know, Ms. Councilman Griffiths, right? South Plains Mall has been a vital part of this community since the 70s, since right after the tornado, if I re recall correctly. And, um, you know, all businesses are evaluating w what they look like in the future. And we um, trust that South Plains Mall is doing the same thing. So I would probably rely on them for a source on that. So from both of you what I'm essentially hearing is I cannot confirm nor deny well I just don't I don't know that we know I, 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 I just don't know that we we, we know that so all right uh, let's get back down to downtown for just a moment I went to South Plains College and went to South Plains College for a year and a half mm -hmm. I think my wife was glad that I did um, based upon the student loans I took out <laughs> she's Glad that uh, a year and a half of those were paid off at South Plains College. Is this going to be their flagship campus? Or are they going to become South Plains College Lubbock? Or No, no, no. They're uh, absolutely anchored in Hockley County. And, um, you know, working with those guys, they're very true to their, their Hockley County roots. They, um, um, but you say how many will be in downtown? Well, I think they're estimated 2,000, and I think some of that they've, um, they understand the, what the market looks like here uh, based on their center. They opened up uh, a little farther south on Avenue Q. Um, they've had great success there. Again, this is um, a, a model that it's not like, it's not exactly like this, but, you know, you can reference the uh, Texas A&M blend model. Yeah. Um, there, I, I think there is opportunity for Texas Tech to cultivate some students having uh, an academic center close by, and I think there's some opportunity for South Plains College to send some students over to Texas Tech. There, I know that I haven't been in on all their conversations, but I know they're working together uh, to develop some programs um, but between the, the, the two institutions that I think we'll just create some great activity downtown. So I had some butterscotch Lucchese boots. 
They're not completely. I mean, you got yeah, but those are not kind of brown. This is one thing I would warn if we're going to use because the old city, the current city council building, the old Sears, soon be has the escalators with the black brushes. Yep. I was on a bond committee. You know, if I need to do a PSA for these new incoming students, I will. Do not stand up against the brush and let them go over your butterscotch boots because you'll have to them mark to them up. Flint boot and hat and uh, make them dye them a different <laughs> color, a darker color. Really? I wasn't yeah. aware of that. Yeah. Thank you. Learn for, something new every day. And, and I'd like to, I, I, literally on my drive over here, was on the phone with a gentleman that graduated from South Plains College in Leavenland, started a business over almost 30 years ago and has become a very successful business entrepreneur businessman here in lubbock the the point is our workforce our needs with our workforce in this city as it's growing uh have made south plains at the i believe it's 43rd and avenue q their center there with automotive and culinary arts has been successful. I think this would be a secondary campus uh, center like that, but uh, up to 2,000 students. We need better workforce in this city, and South Plains can really, uh, they're a great institution and can be very beneficial to our city as it continues to grow. But as Mr. Massingale said, their time with Texas Tech University is uh, I think that it's a great way for kids to get an education. And a lot of kids in some of our parts of the city don't have the ability to go to campuses outside the city limits. They may not have regular mm-hmm. transportation. So having this downtown center would be very, very helpful. Yeah, I, I think that's a great point. Um, there are, there's, are certainly those students uh, in Lubbock that, um, even Texas Tech could be, might, might as well be out of town or, or 500 miles away because uh, it, it's hard for them to um, realize the opportunity of uh, higher education. But having an academic center downtown gives them the stepping stone or, the, or even the affordable opportunity to uh, continue their education and better themselves and f- find a career post-public ed uh, post-community college let's talk about communication and then some other issues to get into uh i say commu- transportation is what i meant sure. let's talk about um there was this big uproar about bird going away that you all had done away with bird the scooters now we're on the scooter conversation yeah. my kids i drive them down boston avenue every day by the way we need to fix 35th and boston just throwing that out there lots of potholes all right uh, write it down <laughs> uh, but the kids are like look the old scooters are and these are these are aficionados these kids my Absolute. kids on scooters <laughs> because i was the first green conscious um Lubbockite to uh, have a uh, concrete stained front yard right and that wasn't my choice thank you Jack Strong if you're listening but uh, (laughs) stained concrete front yard Uh, but a lot of people my kids notice the birds have gone away the bird scooters Mm -hmm. 
I know that y'all cross, y'all been in the crosshairs. That is so ridiculous where we get to on this stuff. That, oh, you know, the city of Lubbock did away with this business. And there could have been so much free market opportunity. Talk listeners through yeah. why the city essentially said, Bird, pack your bags, get out of here. Lime, you've got the green light. No pun intended. Lime. <laughs> well, I, I guess the simple response to that is, you know, one of our responsibilities, first and foremost, our priority is public safety. And that also includes, um, you know, we uh, have responsibility for the right-of-way. And when things, when a company might show up without giving you uh, any forewarning. Which uh, Bird did not. They did not. And it's, you know, it's um, it's different. I mean, we're not used to seeing scooters around and uh you go to major metropolitan areas and you you understand real quickly that you pick these scooters up and ride them but we have an obligation to protect the right of way and understand if if you know if something's left or it's not placed correctly or not handled correctly where it's our job to enforce that uh we worked with texas tech and came understood what their needs were and um we passed an ordinance to no different than we passed an ordinance to um make sure ride sharing companies were handled correctly and lime followed the rules but so it's important for listeners here i think from the way that i've handled this issue that you put them under the same spectrum of city ordinances that you did cab companies that you did limo companies that you did uber lyft etc come down pay for your permit to operate and then and follow the, the rules that and everybody there's else penalty if you don't operate and then you're we're happy to you know we're we're happy to have them here um it's not that we're against that form of transportation but We've, we, we had to set some rules go ahead we have studied this for almost a year people don't realize that we've been monitoring this evolution of the scooter industry in urban areas the we've also seen and and i'm not going to name any other cities but the calamity of what has happened where they're left and 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 uh electric bike also not just scooter so we've seen a calamity happen in many cities uh where we're not trying to limit competition but because it's a new industry, too, we need the public safety component that Mr. Massingale spoke of is very important. I've got a video of two girls that literally rode, that were riding tandem and rode one into a glass By building. By tandem, you mean the same two on the same scooter? Yes. Okay. And so, Jay, it's it's important that we, uh, Lime is gonna has got a program where they've actually ordered helmets for hopefully kids will use them and that for free yeah or do you have to rent the helmets too no okay they'll give you a helmet from what i understand they've moved a, a market director from phoenix to lubbock they're very uh they give us data on what their the average ride is five minutes mr massingale well i can tell you right here we've uh, got new uh, data from in the Lyme first already. week, Lime Lime scooters in Lubbock have traveled um, ten thousand miles, fifteen thousand seven hundred trips completed, fifty one hundred unique riders. Average trip length is one half of a mile. Trip time is five minutes. 
Average trip speed, 5.8 miles per hour. 5.8. 5.8. Hey, uh, you guys are going to hang out next segment? Apparently. Uh, I hope so. <laughs> uh, what we want to do is get into the next legislature and what your priorities are as a city. Stick right with us here on the other side. Get into that and, and more. Yeah, text line looks like you guys are enjoying this. Uh, be right back with you about 90 seconds from now. Go make some money. Back in studio, we have what do you got? our friends, um, uh, Jeff Griffith, city councilman in Lubbock. And Steve Massengill, city councilman in Lubbock. Operating theory, this is a thesis of the program, gentlemen. There is no cattle guard gate outside of Lubbock. Problems inside and outside can go both ways. Problems outside can come inside. Something I always point to is health care and health care access in Lubbock. That Whenever folks come in to Covenant or UMC, neither one of those models are built to handle people with the flu 10 days in because they didn't have access to health care. Whenever it comes to UMC side, who underwrites that bill? It's Lubbock County taxpayers. That's who. Um, that sets us up for a state argument. You don't have to address that particular issue. I want to hear from you as we head into the legislature, sitting with you mid-November. What are some legislative priorities that the city of Lubbock has? Things that Let's start with the good stuff, stuff you will oppose as a city. Stuff that's the good, that's where you want to go is the good stuff. It I, seems like there are like two or three pages there. <laughs> well, I, I don't think it'll be any shock to anybody our position on appraisal and revenue caps, the rollback rate, yeah, mm -hmm. that you can't raise above a certain percentage without having a vote to give you the go ahead. You know, that'll probably be the you know, that's going to probably be a um. A banner news item as we 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 move through the legislative session, and we're, we're you know why a banner news item. I think that's a high priority right now in Austin. I think those those that are focused on that and property tax reform. Um, I I think with all of those that have of us that have watched it know that um, what the governor's comments have been on that as as well as. Um, some of the elected officials that serve down there. But you sit here, both of you, as still, I'd have to look at census data, I don't think it's changed, the 11th largest city mm -hmm. in Texas, mm -hmm. the rural metropolis, as it says on my Twitter bio that I live in the rural metropolis, um, that the rural metropolis is opposed to these sorts of tax caps, these rollback elections, um, tell us why. Tell us why we would, well, why we would oppose that in our legislative agenda is because I think those decisions uh, are better made in Lubbock to start than they are in Austin. And and uh, that's the reason that we get elected. You know, we're, we're elected every four years. The mayor's elected every two years. And um, it's our job to explain, you know, depending on where the revenue cap falls, 
if it is approved, it depend that it will depend on how it affects us. But I think those, if they're opposed, then 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 they can reconcile that here. I think that I think that our voters ought to ought to decide that. Our voters through your elections. That's one way to. That's that's why we that's why we rerun. I mean, that's one way you do it. Because I'm told that there will be a Democrat, a South Texas Democrat, that carries and authors that legislation out of the Texas House, that he will be the one that carries the legislation to limit Lubbock and the 10 cities above it on the uh, rollback election rates on these tax caps. I mean, I've heard all ver- I've heard different versions of where they're going to be on, on the rate, so it'll it'll be interesting to watch to see where they, um, if they get it through, and it, it, what they end up with. Hmm. I mean, I've heard two percent. I mean, and I just you know, it just puts us in the position of, um, you know, we're a growing city. Um, we 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 at, as the city grows, we might be in installing infrastructure that. We've already used tax dollars with it that because of the growth we don't collect till the next year. It puts us I'd hate to be put in the position to make a decision on what we're not gonna have. Yeah. Because I, I throw out the rural metropolis because rural counties are synonymous with commodities and where commodities are year in and year out. Let's say that it had rained for the last six weeks. Like, we'd had a good rain every three or four days. It got cotton, exfoliated cotton, dripping down stalks out in the cotton fields. And know what we know about cotton, and I preach this all the time, $5 billion industry within a 100-mile radius of the rural metropolis of Lubbock, that would come down on Lubbock. And you would be faced at a 2% evaluation year to year. Um... I I concur with you that I think it's outside the bounds. If D.C. came in and said, hey, guess what? Um, you've got to, could you imagine the uproar if D.C., if Washington came in and said, new federal rule, you've got to support at least 50% of uh, public education from the state level, the uproar. But for Austin to come in, and I side with you guys on this issue, for Austin to come in and say you can't do that, because we both uh, look everybody, and I don't want to put you on the spot, but we've seen how receptive voters are, just simply on the county commissioner level, right? Like you're going to raise your pay to that amount? Well, we're going to kick you out if if you guys exorbitantly at the city level, not the county level, but at the city level, you go and you exorbitantly raise taxes. What are they going to do? Kick us out. They're going to kick you out. They're Absolutely. Find somebody and, else. And probably, to my point. And you know, uh, as in municipality, it is we by law, we have to balance our budget every year. We can't get out of bounds. So uh, we, if you look at our council objectives, yesterday, Jay, we just went through this. Our council goes number one is financial responsibility. And that uh, we want to continue paying cash and not financing as many items in our budget. And so this council has been very good about that. And I applaud uh, 
the only uh, thing that we're of, of note, in my opinion, that we're financing, and and uh, Mr. Massingale, I applaud him because uh, he's done a great job as the chair of our facilities committee, and that is our public safety plan, which is not just community policing, but the substation plan, and uh, so we're deep into that. Yes, we're financing those substations. Those are good long-term investments. I, I would argue that, that that's the appropriate thing to do with borrowed money. I think, to Jeff's point, what we've done, worked real hard on is um, not borrowing money uh, at, at the, you know, uh, to buy things like computers or in the city's uh, um, business uh, vehicles. Uh, common vehicles like you'd see parks using we're going to do our best to pay cash for those and we made business decisions to use those longer and, and fix them uh, you know the city is a huge very dynamic organization we provide water uh, we take care of the streets we're in the airport business we pick up stray dogs very diversified uh, group of activities that, that, that we undertake and the, you work very hard to make sure you can deliver those services effectively with, without any fluff. And, um, you know, when you look at um, effective tax rate and people want to argue the effective tax rate, you know, at the same time, we make sure we add the appropriate amount of police officers because people, are no, like I said earlier, our number one charge is public safety. And it's important, and those cost money, cars, equipment, payroll for those officers. And so growing city always has needs. And I think that's why you let us live within the bounds of, of what we have. Our desire is not to raise the tax rate, but to run the city government effectively. And um, uh, we really don't need any outside Austin influence on so that. So let's say that you, too, are sent down. Uh, City Councilman Steve Massengill, City Councilman Jeff Griffith, you're sent down to Austin to have a one-on-two uh, one with Dennis Bonin, the presumptive next speaker of the Texas House, who in the last legislature was pushing hard for these uh, caps and these rollback rates. Um, what's your pitch to him on why he should lay down on this? from the 11th largest city in Texas? Well, I think the first thing I would ask him to do is to state his position, and I would ask him to state his position, including his effect on uh, taxes collected by municipalities, as, as well as uh, I wanted, would like to fully understand the impact on public school fu uh, funding. I, I think it's all related. The first thing I'd do? is a handy copy of the city of Lubbock budget and our debt structure and uh, our growth and to me it speaks volumes that what we do and how we are responsible going forward with our city dollars that are given to us that we are uh, that we can't we can be responsible cities and 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 not to knock any other cities and that's not what we're about we're all we all love texas 
There's no doubt about it. But uh, in, from a Lubbock standpoint, we know we're responsible and uh, we can do the right thing. I'm uh, closing out with you here. A couple more minutes. Uh, Councilman Massengill, I see second priority limits on municipal home rule authority. That's something you would oppose. Uh, Councilman Massengill or Griffith, what, tell us what that might mean. It's really about local control. Um, you know, as Texans, nobody likes to be told what they can or can't do. Mm-hmm. We like Come our, and take it. <laughs> that's right. So uh, I think that just goes with the territory of saying, look, we are responsible. We know how to conduct ourselves and uh, in very conservative fashion, I might add, from the standpoint of conducting business. But we are... Uh, We've been that way for, <laughs> I guess, since 1917. The point is that we've been able to be responsible. Not everything works out perfectly. There's sins of the past that Mr. Massingale and I can't, we may call them sins. At that time, they weren't sins. It's You don't know what was going on in their position 30 years ago mm-hmm. or 20 years ago or 10 years ago. But uh, as a city, all you got to do, Jay, is look around and say, we've got a better yeah. city than we did. Well, t- We're heading the right direction. Go ahead. Sir. I would just say, you know, uh, you know, and I know people have been critical of this, and I know there's some of those, some of the, our elected officials that serve in Austin that, that ran on this, but, you know, I, local control is important. Uh, it's important from the public school perspective. It's important from the municipality perspective. Um, local government, in my opinion, is the best government because you can touch, feel, and we get held accountable every day. Whether it's, um, you know what, why isn't my dumpster um, dumped to... Uh, we have a problem, uh, we have a crime problem to um, any number of things. Uh, you know, uh, why aren't we I, handling things th- this way in the animal shelter? Muddy alley. Can, yeah. yeah and can, it's, I, can I throw in that my alley needs to be graded? I'll add that to the list, okay. Mr. Lee. <laughs> but, you know, we really will. So, I, I guess th- that... That would be why we don't support or why we won't support uh, that type of legislation. I I think uh, um, our taxpayers understand that. I think they understand the process, and uh, they have the opportunity to uh, um, absolutely hold us accountable every four years. So this is something, and I'll just close out with this, something I found really intriguing. Again, we're talking county but I think it filters down to the city as well. We broke the story here on the show that the Lubbock Expo Center was up on the ballot for 2% hot tax, hotel occupancy tax, and up to 5% on rental cars. Mm -hmm. And in the Federal Aviation Act of 2018, the, the renewal, that 
oh look you can't do that with rental car you cannot right. impose taxes on entities at an airport for projects away from the airport right and so um what got me to thinking on that is that the feds have come in essentially laid down a local rule mm -hmm. but how much the state law if you did that to the state they would freak out mm -hmm. right like they would say no that's overbearing but federal this, uh, yeah federal yeah, overreach federal yeah exactly so your take on that well i mean yeah i mean that was one of those things and i don't know that we fully uh we're aware of it. I've read some documents on it. I'm not sure how it fully impacts the Expo Center and, and the county project, but, but the it is in the it is in the um, um, uh, the FAA bill or what have you that w that was that was that was passed in the fall, and um, it is. I mean, it's it's again, it's a on October five. Thank you yeah. for that clarification, but. It's it's the same type of it is the same type of overreach. You're 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 correct. Hmm. Okay, well that's where we're gonna leave it with you two guys for now. <laughs> Got my eyes on you guys. <laughs> we know. Hey, uh, appreciate Steve Massengale and uh, our friend Jeff Griffith coming in studio with us to answer some some fairly difficult questions. I think fairly difficult here. On the other side, next week, new week before you, we'll bring you all the newest. Is there a coup in the Texas House right now? Could there be another speaker other than Dennis Bonin? We're going to cover that, and we're going to get into plenty of other news. And, oh, man, I, you know what I forgot to tell you guys about was the tortilla. I think that's how you say their name, Tortillo football team goes into Abilene last night in a playoff game and loses 63 to nothing not in the, uh, a picture taken by somebody I don't I don't know who they are but put up on uh, 806 connection sports on on uh, Facebook not one fan in the Torquillo um, crowd but I can't believe I missed that. That should have been my opener. Not one, not one person in their stands. And uh, come to find out, a uh, middle-income class town, and uh, you know, a Thursday night trip, seven hours to Abilene. It's just right there by Juarez. Uh, sorry, yeah, it's right there by Juarez. And nobody makes the trip. The team is 0-10 and doesn't come in. Not one fan for it. But uh, I talk with people at the El Paso Times, and and I, I can completely understand, especially since we expanded the playoff platform. A little late there, getting in there with that. Uh, maybe some more next week. We'll see where that story goes. But for now, I've got to get home. We'll get home. Great family, above average dinner. I believe it's pizza night and movie night at the Lisa Ponderosa. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you on the next edition. Your microphones are off, guys. Don't, don't mock me. Um, 
we'll see you next time right here on the other side of text appreciate you guys coming in